daily for a halfway day getting there he's coming along swimming just keep swimming and I don't know. I had three thoughts that entered my head at the same time, and all of them seemed to win. Welcome to the 17th of August. We're the fine folks from GeekRadioDaily.com. Welcoming you to National Pencil Day. Eh? So, all the times you still use pencils and give thanks... I don't know, none of that makes sense. Anyway, the folks bringing it all to you today. The man that made an amazing confession yesterday and is ready to fully embrace it. That there's podcasting, Drit Secret. I'm going to lay here for a while, Katie. I'm old now and I get tired. <laughs> so that was very brave, Bald of you. Hi, everyone. I'm the guy you never know what's going to happen with. I'm the one with Billy Flynn. You think anybody wants a roundhouse kick to the face while I'm wearing these bad boys? Not while I'm wearing these bad boys. What happened today, sir? No, never. In 1833, the first steamship to cross the Atlantic entirely under its own power, the Canadian ship SS Royal William, embarks from Nova Scotia en route to the Isle of Huet. 1877, Asif Hall discovers the moon Phobos in orbit around Mars. 1891, the automobile electric self-starter is patented. 1896, Bridget Driscoll of Coyd in Surrey becomes the first pedestrian killed by a motor vehicle in Britain. While on the terrace in the grounds of the Crystal Palace, London, she was knocked down by a car traveling at four miles an hour and died minutes later of head injuries. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to make a joke. 1901, Phantasmagory, the first fully animated film in history, is exhibited for the first time ever in the Théâtre des Gymnases in Paris. Created by Emile Cole. The two-minute film consists of a stick figure who encounters a variety of line drawings that transform from one figure into another, such as a wine bottle that transforms into a flower. 1911, an Italian production of Dante's Inferno becomes the first feature film with a runtime of more than an hour released in the U.S. That's funny. 1958, the first lunar probe in history, the U.S. space probe Pioneer Zero, fails when it's Thor able booster rocket explodes on the launch pad 77 seconds before launch 1962 at 835 GMT NASA launches the Telstar 1 communication satellite built by AT&T Bell Laboratories from Cape Canaveral Florida Telstar the first orbiting international communication satellite marks the beginning of a new age of transatlantic communication in which telephone and television signals can be transmitted from Europe to America and back Ooh. Also, a song commemorating the launch of the Telstar 1, the first satellite capable of relaying transatlantic video signals, is released by the English surf rock group The Tornadoes. It, of course, was called Telstar. It will go on to top sales charts for three weeks in November. 1970, the Russian space probe Venera 7 is launched on a mission to Venus. It will become the first spacecraft to successfully transmit data from the surface of another planet on December 15th of that same year. 1973, five people are terrorized after a woman kills herself in their van. They travel to the nearest town only to find a crazed man wielding a chainsaw. Five kids fall prey to a cannibalistic family in Texas. 1986, Pixar Animation Studios releases its first film, Luxo Jr., directed by John Laster. The title character, a small desk lamp, will become part of the company's logo and stomp on things. 1990, Warner Brothers releases the film My Blue Heaven to theaters in the U.S., in it, the game The Goonies 2 is played on an NES with the sounds from Atari 2600 version of Pac-Man issuing from it. Technically, that was a sequel to Goodfellas. That's right, because it's the same character from Goodfellas, isn't it? Ow. Huh. 
2000. In the case of Universal Studios Incorporated versus Ramirides, the United States District Court for the Southern District of New York upholds the constitutionality of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, the first real test of that draconian, I mean that law. Also, the Nielsen slash Net Ratings, an internet media and market research firm, report that over 50% of United States homes, approximately 144 million people, have access to the internet. 2004, the United States Court of Appeals in the Ninth Circuit issued a partial ruling supporting Grokster and Streamcast. The appeal presents the question of whether distributors of peer-to-peer file-sharing computer networking software may be held contributorily or vicariously liable for copyright infringements by users. You know, like if you on your DVR decided to record NFL football without the written permission. 2007, at Gen Con, Wizards of the Coast announces the release of the Dungeons & Dragons 4th Edition tabletop role-playing game. It will be the first full new edition in eight years. The Player's Handbook will be released in May, the Monster Manual will be released in June, and the Dungeon Master's Guide will be released in July, all of 2008. Warner Brothers released the sci-fi film The Invasion, directed by Oliver Harshenberger, starring Nicole Kidman, Daniel Craig, Jeremy Northam, but the Jennifer Tilly version was better. Not wrong. And in 2154, 15 Navi clans made up of 2,000 people are united. That, of course, happens in Ferngo. I mean, Dances with Wolves. I mean, Pan- Avatar. Dances with Smurfs. Birthdays? <laughs> Zephram Cochran is negative eight. He, of course, will go on to be the inventor of the warp drive. Tasa Formiga is 28 from American Horror Story, Murder House, Bling, Ring, and Mindscape. Austin Butler is 31 from Zoe 101, switched at birth, and will in the Shannara Chronicles. Helen McCroy is 54, Narcissa Malfoy in Harry Potter, Hugo Skyfall, and Peaky Blinders. David Conrad is 55 from the Ghost Whisperer, Wedding Crashers, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. John Marshall Jones is 60 from Casualties of War, White Man Can't Jump, and the underappreciated Sergeant Bilko. Very underappreciated. You know, a good time is that and uh, Mikhail's Navy, the remake. True facts. That's a good time. Sean Penn is 62 from Taps, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Colors, Bing John Malkovich, Threat to Paparazzis Everywhere, and at least he's been trying to do good for the world lately. Robert De Niro is 79 from Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Midnight Run, Untouchables. Notice how I didn't mention it, War with Grandpa. Or Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> well, eh? Eh? Born this day no longer with us in 1786, Davy Crockett, an American soldier and politician and American myth. 1918, Evelyn Anchors from The Wolfman, Invisible Man's Revenge. 1920, Maureen O'Hara from The 39 Hunchback of Notre Dame, Miracle on 34th Street, and The Quiet Man. 1930, Harve Bennett, screenwriter for Star Trek, Six Million Dollar Man, Bionic Woman, good chunk of your 60s and 70s geekdom. Hmm. 1933, Glenn Corbett, Zephram Cochran in Star Trek TOS. Oh, they have the same birthday. I wonder if that was part of the casting. And Lincoln on Route 66. 1951, Richard Hunt, a Muppeteer who performs Scooter, Statler, Janice, Beaker, and Sweetums. That's almost all of my personal childhood. Right. 1968, Andrew Koenig. He was boner on Growing Pains, Joker and Batman Dead End. Before he passed, he was a he was a huge activist, and he's the reason why at the end of Jimmy Pardo's Never Not Funny, he always says, AK-47, gone, not forgotten. He was so good as the Joker, though. God. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, even as Boner, he was really good. True. Pretty much everything that he did was he was really good at. We miss him. 
CBS, new Big Brother, State of the Union's new The Challenge USA. Okay, ABC's got a rerun of the Connors, Goldberg's Abbott Elementary, Home Economics, and Pressure Lock. All reruns. NBC qualifiers two results on a new America's Got Talent, Martin Short and Jimmy Fallon on a new Password, and a rerun of Chicago PD. Fox Tag Team Grubhub Challenge on a new Master Chef. They just delivering? <laughs> CW Jennifer and Psychic Sierra Kona investigate a string of strange events in Cerro Gorda. Often called the most haunted ghost town in the United States on a new Mysteries Decoded. And a new Wellington Paranormal. Freeform Hubei attempts to set Michael up with Malika after she begins to view Michael in a new light. Jaden and Jesse spice up their love life because they're worried they've lost their spark on a new Everything's Trash. AMC has gone in 60 seconds. FX Black Panther. FXX Simpsons Marathon with Diggs and the Man Who Grew Too Much. FXM Get Out. Oh, so good. Tiffy Asta helps Harry learn how to deal with his newfound fear of death on a new resident alien. What? That's a, That could happen to me? To me? <laughs> TBS has your all-elite wrestling. Dynamite! A lot of things are happening to people that they never thought would happen. True. TNT has San Andreas. Science Channel. Holes of Dead Sea Destruction. I don't know what that means, but it's a new strange evidence. But we're watching okay, I accidentally life- rented that 13 <laughs> Lifetime Movie Network, because after she moves to a new town, a teenage girl joins the cheerleading squad at her high school, but gets more than she bargained for when she discovers the coach is hiding secrets about a suspicious accident that befell a member of the team, Justin Bertie and Kim Wilson star in Deadly Cheers. The wonderful Billy Flynn looks at what Chad and Abby are up to now. If you know what TV show they're on this week, you could win yourself a prize. It's your further adventures of Chad and Abby update. Professor Chad tells the team that a media is going to impact New York City with an estimated force of a 10 megaton bomb. Meanwhile, Dr. Stefan has discovered that the media contains a large amount of an element he believes can help him achieve immortality. Now, he sends his top three henchmen to go get that media. Stefan was going to send Benny and Cecil, but they're galaxy goof-ups. They're basically teenagers from outer space. Hashtag Chabby forever. Once again, it's time for Bag Old Mail. Hooking up with She-Hulk on Tinder? Three words come to mind. Death by Snoo Snoo! Or wait, is is that four? That's from Mad Sai. I, I believe being hyphenated makes it a compound word, so I think you're still good with three, can't you see, is the magic number words on that particular one. You'd end up with compound fractures, I believe. Well, that's uh, the most likely thing. If you'd like to discuss... Which app you'd like to meet She-Hulk on, by all means, let us know. Watch you its podcast at geekradiodaily.com. Or, of course, a voicemail or text message. You need these magic numbers. Yeah. 510-G-R-D-Curl. Come on, She-Hulk. This could be our time to bumble. Or maybe Zeusk. Zeusk sounds like the magic word that you would use to summon her. <laughs> We let things pile up in the DVR, we add them to our queues, we wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Hi, this is Walter Koenig, and you're listening to Geek Radio Daily. Yeah, you be. Yeah, you be indeed. 
That's the most prolific way I know to say that. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. That's a very serious book, man. Indeed it is. All kinds of books available at your friendly local neighborhood comic shop, including... From DC Comics, Aquaman and the Flash, Void Song, number three. Black Adam, number three. DC vs. Vampires, All Out Vol, two of six. And the Riddler has killed a man in broad daylight for seemingly no reason. But there's always a reason. The Riddler is always playing a game, and there are always rules. Batman will reach his wit's end trying to figure out the Riddler's true motivation in this epic psychological thriller in Batman. One bad day, the Riddler, number one. Over at Marvel, Captain Marvel, number 40. Edge of the Spider-Verse, two of five. Fortnite X Marvel Zero War, three of five. But, you know, they are the defenders of the dawn of time. Marvel's first and mightiest legacy heroes, but their greatest secrets have never been revealed until now. Witness the dark events that shatter their ranks. See how their lives come to shape the entire future of the Marvel Universe and be there for the monumental event that reunites them one last time. The true story. Thor's birth in Avengers 1000000 BC. Number one. That's a big number. From Boom Studios, we've got Angel number eight, Dune, The Watchers of Khan Lee, number four, Flavor Girls, two of three. From Dark Horse, we've got Overwatch, New Blood, two of five, Tales from Harrow County, Lost Ones, number four. And as the hunt for his missing son continues, our hero shifts worlds from the nightmarish Lovecraftian dreamscape to a cyberpunk metropolis where a ruthless cult continues to plague him and reality and fantasy continue to blur. A visually stunning dark fantasy wearing its Pulp Fiction influences on its sleeve and setting up an intriguing mystery. But where though? In Parasomnia, the Dreaming God number one. From IDW Publishing, Dark Spaces, Wildfire, number two, Sonic the Hedgehog, annual 2022, Star Trek, The Mirror War, wraps up its eight. Over at Image, Above Snakes, two of five, Gunslinger Spawn, number 11, Last Shadowhawk, number one, the 30th anniversary special one-shot. But at the end of the 20th century, superheroes, geniuses, madmen, and activists rush towards World War III, a Soviet iron hero, a super-powered American president, an insane cyborg soldier, an Afghan woman hell-bent on building a better life for her people. These strange yet familiar beings collide in a story that makes history, politics, and comic book mythology into something totally new, where the edges of our reality and fiction touch, overlap, and then explode in 20th century man. One of six. God, that's so yesterday. I'm not wearing any pants. Film at 11. Geek News! Taking a look at the world. From a geeky point of view, so a new movie in the Saw Horror franchise will begin production soon, slated for release by Lionsgate October 27th, 2023. Isn't this like the 47th one? <laughs> Kevin Grutar, who directed Saw 4 and saw the final chapter, which wasn't, is directing the new, still-untitled film, I bet it saw something or other, from Twisted Pictures. Guitar has been attached to the franchise from the very beginning as an editor on the first five films, and of course, Jigsaw, in 2017. May I suggest they call it Scene and then not make it? The plot for the feature is being kept under wraps, but producers Mark Berg and Erin Kralis promise plenty of bloody and ingenious traps and a new mystery to solve. 
the plot. Let me guess. People are put in traps and given the chance to get out if they sacrifice or learn their lesson or something. Ooh, I like that. We've been listening to what fans have been asking for in a hard at work planning a movie that soft aficionados and horror fans alike will love, Berg and Cole said in a joint statement. Part of that is given the reins to Kevin Guttar, director of Saw 6, which is still one of the fans' favorites in the entire series. More details will be revealed soon. <laughs> of course, the billion-dollar franchise was last seen on the big screen with the Chris Rock starring Spiral in 2021. Now, look, many love the Saw franchise, while many others have said it's just the same film each time. However you see it, next year is another chance to see Saw. (laughs) (laughs) An asteroid almost two and a half times the size of a dinosaur had a close flyby with the Earth on Tuesday, according to NASA's asteroid tracker. Asteroid, you do not have permission to buzz the tower. I thought, actually, that was good. Oh, cool. It sounded good to me. But yeah, listen to it if you need a little bit more. Put a little more zhuzh on it, but I thought that was good. The asteroid in question, designated 2022 PW, passed by yesterday, August 16th, 2022, as noted by the Center for Near-Earth Object Studies at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, specifically at the speed of 7.47 kilometers per second, which equates to 26,892 kilometers per hour. It was also roughly equal to nearly 22 times the speed of sound. Assuming, of course, that we survived. What is especially noteworthy about this asteroid heading near Earth, however, is the distance. According to NASA's Cineos, the asteroid 2022 PW passed the Earth at a distance of approximately 529,000 kilometers. To put that in perspective, the moon on average orbits the Earth at a distance of around... 384,000 kilometers. Did it smack the moon? Is the moon still there? Are we drowning beneath tidal waves as we spoon? This means that asteroid 2022 PW was further from the Earth than the moon, but only slightly so. It was still very close, especially on a cosmic scale. According to NASA's CNOS, asteroid 2022 PW has an estimated diameter that could be as wide as 51 meters. That's about as tall as the Leaning Tower of Pisa. According to research from the Davidson Institute of Science, the educational arm of Israel's Wiseman Institute of Science, an asteroid over 140 meters in diameter would release an amount of energy at least a thousand times greater than that released by the first atomic bomb if it impacted Earth. Yeah, but I've eaten burritos that were measured the same way. Do you have any way... Do we have any way to stop an asteroid from hitting the Earth? Well, maybe. The field of planetary defense is specifically organized to do things like that, and scientists at NASA and across the world are hard at work trying to keep the Earth safe from extraterrestrial threats. With the term extraterrestrial meaning anything that isn't on Earth, like an asteroid, and not just referring to alien life. Fortunately, we have the Armageddon Protocol, the Judgment Day Pact, and the Triffids Doctrine in case such a thing happens. Currently, the most promising of these efforts is NASA's Double Asteroid Redirection Test, or DART, mission, which will see a small, specifically designed spacecraft slam into an asteroid to see if it can possibly alter its orbit ever so slightly. But of course, time will tell if this will prove to be effective. If not, we can always call Robert Townsend to initiate the Meteor Man Directive. (laughs) Oh, God. That and Blank Man. Privacy. 
is an obvious concern now that everything from smartphones to smartwatches to even smart glasses has built-in cameras. Banning covert cameras is just not going to happen. And digitally altering images for privacy reasons is a pain. So researchers at UCLA are instead working on a radical new kind of camera that can selectively capture or ignore specific objects in frame before they're ever recorded. Just like family photos when I was a kid. Aw. Post-processing methods have existed for years, which happen after a digital image has been captured and stored. The original unprocessed images, potentially containing private data, still exist and could still be exposed. Something we've seen happen time and time again, which is why the UCLA researchers wanted to address privacy concerns at the source when light enters a camera, but before it hits the image sensor but after it captures the soul. Camera makers could potentially release firmware updates with AI-powered tools that could be used to selectively erase specific people from a photo, but that requires a level of processing power even a high-end digital camera may not have, so the UCLA researchers addressed the problem optically through a technique they call diffractive computing, as detailed in a recently published paper. Oh, magic. Yeah, they're using magic. This camera takes a radically different approach in capturing images. The researchers started with a desired object they wanted to be recorded, in this case a couple of very simple black and white handwritten number twos, and used it to train a deep learning-based design tool that generates a series of diffractive layers that can be 3D printed and assembled in series to create a computational image that sits in front of an output plane where the final image is captured. So that means that it would have to study what it's not supposed to capture. Meaning a picture of the thing. Each layer features tens of thousands of microscopic diffractive features that are specifically designed to allow light that matches the desired objects to pass through unaffected while light from other objects is diffracted and optically erased onto nonsensical, low-intensity patterns that look like random noise. This means the image that's actually captured in the end can't be reverse-engineered to extrapolate what was removed. Now, this is something that is kind of far off from being feasible, let alone available for consumer models. But the inventor believes this will not be a flash in the pan as long as he keeps his focus. Guess we'll just have to wait and see what develops. Mark Hamill has joined forces with his one-time employer, Jack in the Box, for a limited edition comic book fans can get their hands on for free. Well, I mean, you know, he's really most famous for playing a clown, so it makes sense he would work for one, too. Before making his name as an actor, Hamill worked at a jack-in-the-box restaurant in Hollywood, California. However, the future Jedi Master was ultimately fired for impersonating a clown while working the drive through window. Well, that, of course, is all water under the bridge now, it seems, with Hamill returning to the drive through for a recent jack-in-the-box advertising campaign. In addition to commercials, said campaign includes a limited edition comic book starring Mark Hamill alongside Jackbox, the fast food chain's mascot. That's pretty genius. Titled The Return of Mark Hamill, a comic book. The promotional comic is available free of charge via Jack in the Box's online merch store. Physical copies are available in limited quantities with free shipping. Digital downloads of the comic are also available. Created by Eric Stiles and Chad Goodnow, The Return of Mark Hamill is illustrated by Luke Duo, Luke Duo Art and Jamie Coe, and lettered by Joshua Reed. The never-before-told, mostly-true story of Mark Hamill's early days working the jack-in-the-box drive-thru and his bittersweet departure. An official synopsis for the comic reads, It's a story of fate, friendship and redemption, decades in the making. Oh, and it's totally free. I guess, like, he was once he was fired. 
Hamill discussed his time working in the fast food industry during an appearance on The Late Show with James Corden in June 2019. Well, I worked right down the street here at Jack in the Box, and I was in the back all the time, making shakes and mining the grill, the actor said. And I always inspired, and I always aspired to work the window, the drive through The one chance I had at it, it never occurred to me not to be in character as the clown, as the Jack in the Box clown. I am one with the fries, and the fries are with me. According to Hamill, his manager didn't think it was very funny. He told him to go home and never come back. Yeah, yeah, I got fired for being in character. I'll show you, he said, as if speaking to his manager. One day I'll be the Joker, and then you'll be sorry. Mark Hamill, of course, went on to become the seminal Joker for an entire generation. So it sounds like he got the last laugh. (laughs) Somewhere over the rainbow, blackish creator Kenya Barris is working on a new take on The Wizard of Oz. Bears will be writing and directing a reimagining of the classic story with his production company, Calibo Inc. Society, producing. Because <laughs> uh, remakes of The Wizard of Oz have always gone well. What was wrong with Emerald City? While no details are currently available about the direction of the new film that where it may go, it stands to reason that it will incorporate some aspects from the L. Frank Baum's 1900 novel, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, which is now in the public domain, the beloved 1939 Wizard of Oz film, meanwhile in an MGM production that is still copyrighted, Amazon owns MGM, while Bears' upcoming movie will reportedly be a Warner Brothers project. Warner Brothers. Cool. So it might get canceled and the whole movie be a director's cut. (laughs) It's described as a modern reimagining of the iconic musical. So, the movie. It's too soon to tell what Barris's new take on an old classic will look like, but it's worth noting that the writer-director-producer has a prolific track record, which to date includes several remakes and continuations. He co-wrote the 2020 Robert Zemeckis film The Witches, a dark children's fantasy based on the Roald Dahl novel, which was also adapted in 1990 by Nicholas Rogue and Jim Henson. He also co-authored scripts for 2019's Shaft and this year's Cheaper by the Dozen, along with a recent sequel to 1988's Eddie Murphy comedy, Coming to America. As mentioned, Barris has a hell of a pedigree, but adaptations of Oz really, really doesn't. Hopefully, this will be more Return to Oz than Oz the Great and Powerful. And sure as hell will be better than The Wiz. (laughs) I'm just saying, because Nipsey Russell's not around anymore, so what the hell are you going to do? What the hell are you going to do? Huh? Cheer D. Last to the Creative Commons Attribution Knocker. First time we work. Nice to see you. Check us on Facebook and Twitter. Stop at the website. Gearwood.com. the hell do you mean who's Nipsey Russell? Talk to your parents, children. God. I would never say that. I mean, the poet laureate of television? Come on now. Come on. Drop us a note. And uh, remember that I believe we are actually playing poker again this Saturday. Something I keep forgetting to mention. Just like I keep forgetting to mention that Carol the Cat has a new thing that she's talking about that I jotted down somewhere and can't find now. So... Tell me that I'm a jackass by sending a note. It's podcast at geekradiodaily.com. Or, of course, a voicemail and text message. Use the numbers. 510 G-R-D-K. Doesn't anyone know how to turn off the program when they leave? Peace out, player. Good night, suckers. Oh, my God. Look at this place. It's like a museum of failure. Oh, really? Jefferson was saying was, hey, you know, we left this England place because it was bogus. So if we don't get some cool rules ourselves, pronto, we'll just be bogus too. Yeah? Very close, Jeff. I think I've made my point with you tonight, huh? Mr. Hyde, 
do you have a guy like me in class every year? You know, a guy who you make an example of? You'll find out next year. No way. As soon as I cruise history, I'm not coming near your side of the building. Cruise history? As soon as I pass your class. <laughs> if you pass. Well, you're going to flunk me? Don't worry, Spicoli. You'll probably squeak by. Yeah. <laughs> Aloha, Mr. Han. Aloha, Spicoli. <laughs>